0: live from orlando florida you're now listening to the ozone podcast the voice of orlando magic fans join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest magic news and updates the show starts now what's up magic fans and welcome back to another episode of the ozone podcast brought to you by DraftKings. And part of the basketball podcast network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. And today we are joined again by Mr. Dante Marcatelli. What's going on, sir?
1: Oh man, it's always good to be with you guys. How have you been?
0: We have been great. It has been a while since we had you on the podcast. We're just talking off air that it's been over a little over a year and a lot has happened since we last talked to you. But a lot uh, has happened, and you guys I'm sorry.
1: I'm sorry that the other 15 guests canceled, so you're stuck with me, but I'll take it. Good for, good for me. I know I, I, I'm always ready. Last minute, I'm here to go. How'd I'm you all. find that out? How, did you send that email? Did you, that you, wasn't you. supposed to go out, but he yeah. did my mistake. Accidentally, he blind copied me on an email. Yeah. Sorry, but that's okay. Dante, we,
0: we, we appreciate you joining us again, and we're really excited to talk about all the different things going on with, with the Orlando Magic. But before we get into it, how's your offseason been? I know you got a chance to, to watch some of the summer leagues um, some, some league games, but how's the off season been for you so far?
1: You know, the off season has been great, Anthony. I I appreciate that. It's been, you know, right when the season ends, you kind of decompress for a couple of days. Our, our office kind of shuts down for a long weekend and you just kind of take a deep breath. And then next thing you know, you're, you're kind of, all your focus is on May 17th, uh, you know, for the lottery, for the draft lottery. And you're kind of gearing up for that. And then, uh, your focus shifts. Once you find out you're going to get the number one pick, and then you ride the momentum of that for a month, uh, we always do a big show uh, for on draft night. We do a radio show and stream it online as well. So then kind of our focus shifts to that, kind of learning these guys. And thankfully, the field was a lot smaller this year than it normally is. If you're picking around 5, 8, 20, wherever it is, you can you kind of have a little bit of an idea who's going to be in that top one through five or whatever. So anyway, so you kind of go on to that, and then you're right, in the summer league, the NBA has done a great job uh, of keeping this thing year-round, really. They have, and then free agency. and kind of all the momentum that you get from that. But in between that, we worked in some trips as a family and and kind of had some downtime and hanging out time as well. But uh, it's a great time to relax, but it's a, it's a great time to kind of already start getting excited for next year.
2: Yeah, it's exciting. I can't believe, like you said, how the NBA has made it. So it's now, what, two months away from the new season? But, yeah, it feels yeah. like we haven't really stopped. And mind you, There's we didn't make the playoffs. Like it. But it's amazing. Even through that, you feel like you're part of the action all year round. Unfortunately for us that love the NBA, the month of August and September are the toughest ones. There's little going on. It it gets tougher to find topics to talk about. So we'll figure something out, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I got got to ask you, Dante, your daughters. I know I see them at the game sometimes. You share them on social media, uh, Once in a Blue Moon. Orlando Magic and your daughters. How's that going? What players are they rooting for? I know last time we saw you, I think it was Markel that we're really rooting for at that time.
1: That's exactly right. Has that right. changed or is that the same? No, way? it's you're exactly right. It's not changed. So Olivia, my oldest, is a huge Markel fan. They're all. They're both. Markell fans. They're huge Markell fans. And Allison loves Jonathan Isaac. So they got their jerseys that say Isaac and Fultz, and they're hoping for healthy seasons for both of them. Obviously, we all are, you know, let them get through a year. But yeah, this this was the first year, Al, where they kind of really enjoyed watching it, where they could understand what was happening. Uh, They really, the losses hit them hard, (laughs) you know, (laughs) kind of like the rest of us, right? They get, they don't really understand the kind of building for the future and taking your growing pains as you go they take the losses hard and if and they can't stay up for all the games so they do they wake up and they go over to alexa and they ask who won the magic game last night. that's awesome they're really into it they're fans they love coming to the games they love the atmosphere and uh, yeah they kind of have their favorite players but but they love watching them all and it's it's kind of been fun to see i I know anthony you'll see when your two-year-old kind of starts getting into it too but it's it's fun when you kind of start seeing them get into it and asking questions and wanting to stay up and watch all the games it's fun
0: See, my, my daughter right now is at the point where she's now able to recognize things on the TV screen. So okay. according to her That's favorite big. player, her favorite player is Paolo right now. Just because already, yes. We were watching, right. we we're watching the summer league. So now she will sure. sit down with me and at least watch sure. the TV. Uh, attention span is in a, a whole you know long period of time. But every time there's a, a close-up on Paulo, she points. So that leads me to believe that Paulo's already a I
1: like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We I'm believe not we surprised. see what. We see what we want to see, right? That's we see exactly. what we want to see. So <laughs> if, you to exactly be, if you want her to be a Paolo fan, she'll be a Paolo fan. But, yeah, she, but she, you're she's right. So the attention span was not there for them until, you know, 6, 7-ish. And now man, now they're really into it. So it's it's uh, it's really cool.
0: Yeah, she. And, and you know what? Your daughter's
1: not alone. There's a lot of Paolo fans in this town.
0: I, I believe it. I believe it. I am, I am definitely one of them. Now, before we get into the details of, of Paolo, because we're dying to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, despite all the losing and struggles that we had last season, what would you consider was your, your favorite moment as we close out, you know, this, this off season to head to a new,
1: you know, what, I don't know if we have a, a, if I have a moment that stands out. I mean, I think about Franz had that huge dunk against Minnesota. Uh, we have that big win against Utah at home, the big win, uh, against Denver at home. I think those were kind of big moments and there were big plays throughout the season, but what I take away guys, and I, and I think this is what's most exciting and what, Magic fans should be most excited about. This was a team that the last month of the season, that arena, and you guys were there for some of that as well, that arena was loud. It was packed. They were on their feet at the end of games, and they were into it like I don't, like I can't remember uh, for the for a few years prior. And I, I think it, and a lot of it is just the trust that they're building something. A lot of it is the excitement that these young guys had and, and then these close games that we had here down the stretch against key opponents. And we were in games and were actually able to pull out uh, some games, uh, some big wins down the stretch, including the last game of the year there against Miami. So I think there was just terrific momentum. And I think there's an understanding from fans of what this is about. They they, they were all in on kind of this blow it all up, complete rebuild right from the bottom, acquired capital, acquired these young guys, let them play. And now there's a, a real I mean, we're sitting in the arena thinking we have 18 wins. What are the what's everyone getting so excited? Felt like a playoff atmosphere. But I think it was just that feeling that something, something big, something much better is coming here in the not so distant future.
0: Yeah, I think that's what makes it so special. Even even the guys that you see them, they look like they're having so much fun out there. Yeah. Um, you see it on the court, you see it off the court. There's a lot of excitement, and then the off season comes and it's like, whoa, there's even way more excitement than, than there was. So I, I definitely think that we ended it on a on a really good note. Um now have you had a chance I would imagine that you had a chance already to see the practice facility. Is that correct? Is that you know what I
1: did? Just a just a very cursory tour and didn't get a chance to see it since it's it's going to be open here uh pretty soon I would think so uh kind of get ready for the next season. But it, it is unbelievable, even what you've seen from the rendering. So I've been in there, you know, with the hard hat on you kind of look around and it's it's gonna Gonna blow a lot of people away to the point that you guys saw it on ESPN. They had the renderings, yes, right? They had yes, all that on it. and it showed Advent Health Training Facility and all that. It's, really, it's to Jeff and John's credit, they have really been on this for about three or four years. Like we need to have something like this, and and the DeVos family is unbelievable. Alex Martins, they got it done, and that's gonna that's gonna blow a lot of people away. No question about it.
2: It's impressive. It feels like everything's connecting, right? We've got all these young guys developing, the hype in the city, the yeah. practice facility. And we'll talk about it more, but a bunch of cap space next season. So a lot of flexibility with our roster. Our players are right. developing. There's so much excitement going on. But none more than, I think, our brand new draft pick, right? So Paulo Banquero surprised the world, uh, the Orlando Magic did, selecting him. I think we had rumblings towards the draft as a, a draft approach. Woj kind of ruined it for some of us that wanted the surprise <laughs> element. Um but all in all, how was your experience, Ante? So I know you're a Magic fan deep down. You like us. Sure. You want to find out what's going on. All of a sudden, we keep hearing Jabari Smith, the name that we keep hearing all the way from the lottery all the way to draft night. And I will admit, that was my guy initially. I, I loved the sure. shooting. I thought he could have helped us tremendously. Look at Anthony shaking his head for those on, on YouTube.
1: I tried to um, so Anthony was not. So Anthony, that was not your guy. Pa- Paolo one. was my guy
0: very oh, early on. Okay. And, I, and I tried to get Al to, to join me, tried numerous times, uh, went through the list of the pros and cons, and he just wouldn't, he wouldn't budge.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> Al, I'm with you, is. man. I, I'm with you for a team that was 28th, 29th, 30th in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. That it seemed like... A sharpshooter like that would be the way to go, right? I, I was yeah. kind of with you on that.
2: I mean, a two-way player, too. Can hit the three, can play great defense, great length. It made, it made sense. Now, looking back at it now, Paolo, again, looks like a terrific player that's going to fit our roster tremendously. So in your in your mind, how were those days leading into the draft and then actually draft day? What was your reaction when you heard Paolo was the name?
1: Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be, you know, like everybody else. You, you just heard Jabari was the front runner. Going into this whole thing, and everybody thought he was going to be the guy. And I saw Jabari's workout, and the guy can shoot it, and he's at a, as advertised, and moves well. And you see that frame; he's got to put on size, but he can do it. You know, he's got those big shoulders at six ten. And then he embraced the media afterwards, and and he would just was very complimentary to the organization and the players, and kind of said all the right things. So it was an easy guy to root for. You know, you you really kind of were pulling uh, for that guy, and then. You know, and then everything sounded like it was going to be him. And then it was just weird, right? You guys remember, you kind of went to bed the night before the draft and got up that next morning, and Vegas had shifted. The complete odds from Vegas had shifted and kind of said that, you know, that, you know, Paulo Bancaro had the best odds to be the number one pick. And I know Woj is never wrong, but Vegas is very, very seldom wrong. So that was, a, so that was the first time I kind of started – I, I now, I, didn't know, I didn't know how realistic Paolo would be just because I, I, really, I didn't know Chet or Jabari. I really didn't know where they were going. So I, you did enough research on all of them, but I kind of just had a feeling it would probably be Jabari or Chet. And then, you know, once you, you kind of started hearing, you know, that that had shifted, and then Woj said what he said a couple of hours before the draft, that he's emerging as a potential candidate. And then you kind of start thinking and say, oh, well, you know what's cool about this is the guy can do it all. Like that. You know, if, if you're everyone, you know, I, I kind of had pigeonholed that we need shooting. We have to have shooting. Uh, Jamal Mosley at the end of the year said everybody's going to work on their shooting. I thought, what better than that guy? And listen, all three of those guys, in my opinion, are going to be great. And I think all three of those guys would have been the right pick. But if you see what he did in Summer League and you see how he sets the table for guys, and that's, you know, probably what Anthony saw, and I didn't watch enough of him at Duke, but he's a table setter. He's unselfish. He's got that size. And I think of all those three, and I don't know if you guys agree or not, to me, he's got the best chance to be a number one option offensively. Give the ball to him, and he goes and makes something happen. It's only two summer league games. He's not going to be there now. But I think of those three, with his skill set, I think he has the chance, and that's what we need. We need a guy like that, and it it makes all the sense in the world. So fully on board, love the pick, love the guy. We got to meet him and do a podcast with him. And I think he's going to make everyone else better, and I think he's going to get us baskets when he needs to.
0: Yeah, it's not It's not every year that we get the number one pick, right? So I thought, right. you know, with us having the number one pick, maybe I'm focusing too much now on Vegas. I thought Vegas was just coming out, you know, just the information now because we had the number one yeah. pick. Sure. I can't remember. Is it normally like that every year, or is it just so happened that Vegas had um, such an impact because the Magic front office was just so – more silent than what you know the national media was was used to
1: you know what i think you know I, I think vegas has been doing this for a few years but i think they've been kind of lock and step i think we've kind of had an idea a couple days before the draft where it was going to go right i think we've known uh we, we've kind of had some you know some semblance of what the order was going to be you know you knew it was going to be anthony edwards and you know you, you knew it was going to be cade cunningham these were not big surprises the last couple of years so i think that kind of, so, you know, I, I don't think it was that big of a shock. This front office was so tight-lipped. I mean, they didn't say anything. We had no idea, honestly, what was going to happen. We just, you know, Woj is very seldom wrong. And when he said, it's getting firmer that it's going to be Jabari Smith. It's like, okay, well, that's got to be the guy. You know, and then it kind of shifted. So, uh, you know, credit to them. They kind of kept it in-house. to And, and you know, if there's gamesmanship involved, I don't know. But they that's how they operate. They just... They want it to be, you know, they want to keep things in house. And that's what they did. They, they don't leak things. And so to their credit, they were able to do that. And for the first time in a while, up until a few hours before the draft, we just really didn't know where the magic were going to go. But with that being said, listen, you can blow it up. You can tank. You can do whatever you want to get, you know, to get, you're not guaranteed the number one pick. So you got, you got lucky. You got, at the end of the day, you got very lucky. You gave yourself the best odds, but you got lucky. And you, now you got to get it right. And the feeling is that that Paolo is the right guy, and I and I do again, I do think all three of those guys would have been great in their own capacity, but I, I do think I do think they got the guy that's going to be the biggest help for this team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it sure looks like he's again the, that that number one prospect. Maybe not. Who knows? Going to be the best, right? When we look back at this draft five years from now, we may say, oh, it might have been Jabari, might have been Chet. Who sure, knows? Totally. But right totally. now, body wise, NBA ready, it definitely seems like Paolo is that guy. Now and the IQ the... guys, right?
1: The IQ. Yes. You can't speed him up, right? He kind of goes at his own pace. Yep. Talking two summer league games and a season of college basketball—that in no way defines him. But there's there's an air of confidence about him. There's versatility. He's got great footwork. He handles the basketball. I think he's going to shoot it better than we think. And I and I listen to a lot of podcasts on Paulo after the fact. And ev- the one thing everybody says, you know, is is that that the guy's so comfortable with the basketball in that. Now, when he gets to the NBA stage, like you don't get to see what Paolo can fully do in college. Now in the NBA, you can't leave guys like nobody can hide out there on the floor. You, the whole floor is going to open up for him. So we're going to see an entire array of skills that we didn't see in college, and that to me is what I'm most excited for. Well, he's going to have ups and downs, but what are the, what what's he going to add to his game come the end of the season? And I think that's what Magic fans should be most excited about.
2: Yeah, that definitely is. Now, one of our Patreon members wanted me us to ask you, you met with him, you had the podcast with him, so you you got to see him face to face. Is Paulo as big and strong as he actually looks on TV? (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes, we were sitting in the icon room, right? Getting ready to record this inside Amway Center, right outside the magic locker room. And the doorway opened and Joel came in. You know, Joel's, you know, Joel's a hey, probably five nine, five ten, something (laughs) like that. And then Paulo comes in after him, and he had to kind of duck under the doorway and came in, and then we stood up and got a picture with him, and the man is massive. The man is absolutely massive and, you know, don't know. At 19 years old, does he maybe add another inch? By the time it's all said and done, he grew seven or eight inches in one summer. You know, so is he done now at 19? Who knows? So that's – he's been a point guard. He's he's handled the basketball his whole basketball career until eighth, ninth grade when he had that growth spurt, you know, and then he kind of had a little – learn post moves. So yes, he's massive and he's, and he's thick guys. He's got big, he's got a big, strong torso and, you know, and, and you know, center of gravity and all. I mean, he's just got, you know, he, he's got a lot of size to him and a lot of physicality. So two fifty, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a solid size right there. And he'll only add more size to him as he goes. I'm telling you, this guy's going to be a force. I, I really believe that
0: yeah, there was unconfirmed reports that he's six ten and a half without shoes on. And one of the things that you've really recognized right away during summer league is that compared to the other guys, there there's a lot of height. there's a lot of body size. just he looks way bigger than. The Keegan Murray's, uh, the yeah. Jabari Smith, right. to where there's no, it's. I find it hard to believe that he's just a simple, regular six foot ten guy. He looks way bigger than that, and he's opposing. And I think that that's the part that's so exciting is everything that he's able to do at the size, at the height, the body, all of it. I think that it makes everything just that more exciting to watch because you really don't have a lot of guys that's able to do what he does at that size.
1: Well, and don't you guys think, you guys saw it too, like the other guys, and it's not just Chad, it's not just Jabari, it's most guys coming out of college, when they take contact or more physical players, you know, they're, they're kind of not ready yet in their rookie year, first couple years in the league, to absorb that, get their shot off, and finish. It didn't bother him. Like they, Like, you could hit him all you want. Mm-hmm. Like, none of that physicality bothered him. It kind of knocked him off his spot, and he still had that little lefty floater in the lane one time, and he's able to step back and get off a couple of threes, and he's got a little turnaround jumper to his game. So I don't think – you know, there's big, strong guys in the NBA, and it'll be physical, and it'll be hard for him at times, no question. But then he's going to have times where, you know, it's 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 going to be you know fairly – you know, some nights are going to be easier than others. But I, I, I don't think he's – I don't think contact and absorbing contact is going to be a problem for him. I think he's going to be able to take that. And I think the other thing too guys is with his ability to get shots off and take that contact shot clock's winding down four or five, three seconds left on the shot clock. You give it to him, a couple of the dribbles makes a post move, takes a foul, goes to the free throw line. Like we're always looking for somebody to get us a big basket at the end of a game. And you know, sometimes we can force it up and take bad shots or turn it over. This guy can settle us down, get to the line and get two points the hard way. And I, I, I think that is huge especially at just 19 as he continues to grow on that. So, yeah, the size is huge. It's it's certainly a, a a great, a great factor. No question.
2: Now, you mentioned that it was fun in summer league, at least watching him get to the free throw line 14, 15 times mm-hmm. a game. I'm like, wait, when was the last right. magic player we had that just got the ball and actually got calls? Like it's been a while. It feels like. Yeah. So that was fun to see. Um I and I give and guys, don't you
1: give this don't you give this front office credit because I would have played him all five games. I would have played him all right. Like I would have. I would there's no same. I, right. Easy. You want to see, you just get fall in love with it. And just want to see him the entire week.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think it was a smart decision, right? I want to protect him, make yeah. sure that he's healthy. Uh, in a couple totally. of months, we'll see him for the real deal. Right. Um, Position wise, Dante, what do you think you see him playing in the NBA? I know he has the size to play the five. Traditionally, he's a four. He has ball handling skills of a three. So do you see him at the NBA level playing five, four, three? What do you see him at the NBA level?
1: I think he can play them all. And I think it's kind of, you know, you hear that term positionless basketball. And really it comes down to who are you going to guard on the other end? Really, that's kind of what your position ends up being. Because you can play with five guys on the perimeter. So it doesn't matter point guard or center if all five guys are on the perimeter. But who are you going to guard defensively? Is he quick enough to guard threes? I think he probably is. And, and if he's not, he will be come that time. But I think he's, you know, I think he'd be a little undersized maybe for some fives, but I think you can go small and play five with him. Right. I think you can do that. I think he's a four and I think he'll play the four only because if nothing else, you've got Franz out there, who we know is a three and a solid three. And if you're going small, he can play the four and you know, Wendell's going to be your five, right? So you, you would imagine he would pencil him in there at the four, but again, they're all interchangeable. But I to me, that would be the lineup. And then you come on, you know, you imagine coming off the bench with Bamba and Isaac when he's healthy and Bowl Bowl, you know, you can't imagine now. Okay. So you start with those guys, right? The physicality and all that at 6'10", the versatility, the changeability, and then in Mo Wagner as well. So now, and then you come with four, seven footers that come in after that. There's no break for teams. I think that's that's kind of exciting, but I they're interchangeable. But I to me, I, I would think, you know, ideally, if you have to call it a spot, I think he'd be your four.
0: I think that's the part that makes it again that much more exciting because most has to figure that out. And the fact that he has versatility yes. allows him to be able to you know pick and play and kind of experiment a little bit. Um, now kind of jumping back into summer league, Paulo played in only two games. You just mentioned that you wish if it was your choice, he would have played all all games if possible. Wasn't the case. We only got two games, but I think that going into the summer league, um, we wanted to see really in person, you know, is he able to address the things that people knock him on the, the defense, the shooting. And I think that one of the things that really stood out to me is that he's a lot better of a defensive player. Granted it's just summer league, but better defensive player than people really gave him credit for. Um, even the game against uh, the Kings, that game should not have been as exciting As it was, the fact that it went to to double overtime and then it went into sudden death. um, I think what impressed me the most about Paulo is the fact that he had two opportunities to end the game and both opportunities he looked to pass or he he tried to find the open man. Um, Is there is there anything that surprised you while watching him in Summer League? We get the size, we get all of that. But is there anything that kind of stood out to you outside of the things that we already know?
1: I didn't think he'd shoot it well right away, right? I think with the pressure being the number one pick, I think all that leading up to it. I, you know, we saw Franz last year kind of struggled a little bit shooting the basketball uh, in summer league, and that's to be expected. And then, and really into training camp, and he hasn't played since April, right? You got to go right. back to really March, right? Since the NCAA tournament, he hasn't played five, like meaningful five on five since then. So you just expect some rust. Me personally, for all of them, not really anybody. To be able to go out there and shoot it. And he knocked down his first four or five shots, uh, including a couple of threes. And I thought, okay, this is this is very encouraging. He's got he's got that, he's got the mid-range game, which is nice. I I to me, I think Paulo is a guy that when the lights shine and they're meaningful games and it's the end of a clock and it's a big possession. I I don't think that stuff about, you know, is he going to be a good defender? I think that's when he's a competitor and he wants to win. And at the end of the day, we saw it at Duke, right? His last 11, 10, 11 games of the season, he went up to like 19 and 9 were his numbers to close out the season. On the biggest stage, he played his best basketball. He did it in the tournament, and he told us on the podcast it's because, you know, all the pressure of not literally not ending Coach K's career. Like, you know, well, he don't want that on his shoulders, right? So right. he it, it made every, it elevated everybody's game. Well, not everybody can do that and step up like that. He did that. So I think okay, I, you know, I, I think he's going to defend. I think he's going to play hard, but I think when it comes to the end of a game and you need to stop, I think he's going to lock in just like everybody else. I, I don't think those are going to be issues. I think he'll get his conditioning. That was the other thing, right? How's he How is he going to do conditioning through an NBA season? That's not going to be a problem. They'll get him ready for the rigors of an NBA season. And I, and I think, you know, you knock on wood, and, but you hope he's able to hold up, you know, throughout the NBA season, kind of like Franz did, you know, playing 79 games last year. Just remarkable what he was able to do. So I, I think he – you know, you hate to say checked a lot of boxes, right? Because because it's two games. You know, what do we really know? But going into it, how's he going to shoot? How's he going to be able to? You know, what's the what's the physicality going to look like? What is his conditioning going to look like? Uh, I, you know, he's going to need to rebound more at that position. But the guys he were guard, he was guarding was out on the perimeter, so it's kind of hard to get under and, and grab a ton of rebounds. But I think if you had to narrow it, all that being said, if you had to narrow it down to one thing, his passing, guys. The passing for a six ten guy. You know, I'm not going to compare him to Hito Turkleo, but Hito at 6'10 coming off that pick and roll and could find anybody out there on the floor. I think he's got that. I think he's got that ability at some point. He'll have it'll take a little while to get there. But his IQ, he thinks the game, he knows where guys should be. And I think that passing at that size is gonna be huge.
2: Yeah, I mean that that playmaking, combining it with now Markel, Wendell, France, yeah. all guys that right. look to get the open guy. I think it's really I mean, speaking volumes to what they're trying to do in Orlando, getting the right guys, guys that play unselfishly. He adds to that. Of course, he's got a star potential. Uh, but the fact that he can do that, it's going to be hard again to guard the magic, the magic when they're on. So that's going to be fun to watch here next season. You're right, out. You're right Now, one other guy that we added in the draft was Caleb Houston, who game one impressed all of us. He shot the ball lights out. Unfortunately, the last two games have struggled a little bit from the field. But what do you think he can do for the Magic? Good size, good shooting, decent defense for what we can see so far. What can he bring to the Magic? Actually, he just got signed today to his first um, pro contract here with the Magic. So what can he do for the team? What do you like about him?
1: Yeah, congrats to him. I, I You know, first of all, I think the guy, from what John Hammond and Jeff Weltman have said, this is a guy that you're, you're running an offense, especially in transition. This guy sprints to the corners and knocks down threes. He's just He's going to knock down open threes for you. And he's going to be one of the best shooters on the roster. And I think that's huge. I think Devin Kennedy is going to be a great shooter. And, you know, I think Paulo's going to knock down shots. And, you know, you, you've got guys that are going to hit shots for you, but you can't have enough of it. And I think this is, you know, how much time can he carve out? How many minutes are going to be there for Caleb? I think that's going to be the big thing. You know, is he, he's behind Chuma. He's going to have to carve out minutes there. How much does Gary Harris play this year? You're trying to get a look at Bull Bull and Mo Bamba and Mo Wagner's got to play. So I don't know where the minutes are gonna be, but he'll find time. He'll he'll his job is to make it hard on Coach Mosley uh to keep him off the floor. And I think when he gets an opportunity, he'll do that. But I think at least initially, more of a three and D would be my, you know, kind of my vision for him. He's gonna, you know, you can't leave him open. So you have to respect him out there. Um, And I think he's going to bring it defensively. He's got the length. He can rebound. He's a very good rebounder at that position. Can maybe play, you know, he's a three. Can he play the two? Can he play the four if you go small? So I think you've got some versatility again there with Caleb. But I think, you know, we did a podcast with him too. He figured something out the last 10 games of his college season. And I think if that can continue here into the NBA level, uh, that I, you know, he'll have his bumps and bruises along the way as well. But I think, I think he's a guy that's going to come in and knock down shots for you.
0: Yeah, and going into college, he was considered a, a, you know, a high-ranking player. So there's a lot yes. of excitement with him, um, and we're, we're really rooting for him. I know that when we first initially signed him, we really didn't know what the, con- the contract structure really looked like, and we got a glimpse of it today. Right. Um, so really, really happy to see that he's going to be with us for what it seems like the long term. Um, now, with that being said, we also brought back Gary Harris, Mo Bamba. We signed a deal with, with Bobo. Um, what are your thoughts on bringing those guys back?
2: You can throw down money in all major sports, baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over and unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Don't forget, the summer league's about to start, it's a perfect opportunity for you to throw some money down and make some money. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: I think, Anthony, and the, and the point is valid, I, you know, you, you kind of had a, a chance to look last year at Gary, at Mobamba at Bowl Bowl, although he didn't play, but you were able to see his work ethic and kind of what he was able to bring off the floor. And I think, you know, you look at it, it it's kind of low risk, high reward, I, I think is kind of where you're going with that. Right. So Gary Harris might have had other offers, but, you know, you, you kind of pay him a decent amount of money. And, you know, so I, I so that he's not, you know, some nights he maybe doesn't play. You know, if you want to get a look at Devin Kennedy or you want to look at Caleb Houston or you want going to give those guys another opportunity to play. So I think, I, you know, so I think you make sure he's comfortable in, in coming back. And he's a great role model and mentor to R.J. Hampton and some of the young guys. So I don't think, you, I don't, you know, he's a professional. Is that right? So these guys respect him. So I don't think you've lost anything there. Same thing with Mo Obama. If it is one year and the second year is not guaranteed, well, now he's got one more year to kind of go out there and prove himself. He had every opportunity last year. And he looked great at times, and then there's times where, where he struggled. Um, so, again, that's the sixth overall pick four years ago. You know, he's going to have another chance to maybe carve out a role. He's one of your better three-point shooters on this team. Can he be a 3 and D guy and kind of protect the rim? And then bowl, Bull, You know, if the guy can stay healthy, there's so much intrigue, guys, I think, with him. And, I, you know, at 7'2", he can handle the basketball, he can pass. You saw it's only a handful of games, you know, at Oregon before he got hurt, but what he did in high school and, and all that, it's just a tantalizing prospect if he can stay healthy and on the floor. So can you carve out minutes for him and see what you've got there? So can he be a guy that protects the rim? And you know, and Al, I don't know how much how much you get into it. I don't think this factors, you know, if if you thought Chet Holmgren was your guy, you know, then you'd take Chet Holmgren, no question about it. I think they I'm sure they liked him. You know, but do you have a little bit of a luxury because you've got Bobo, you've got Mo Bamba, you you maybe got a couple of guys that can potentially do some of the things that he can do. So now you're able to kind of look at kind of more closely at the other two guys. So we'll see. I, I don't know are, the, are any of these guys going to be Chad Holmgren? We don't know, but uh, I think it's very intriguing. You know, very intriguing, low risk, high reward kind of thing for those three guys.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you if you watch some some tape from Bobo Bo back in his college days when he was healthy. Yeah. Right, he gave right. You that, that, that ball handling, three-point shooting, he can put on the floor a little bit, can block shots. The key is going to be health. So, you know, if the right. Magic can some way somehow make that happen, you never know. You may have a gem there hitting in the bench that may turn into a great player here this season. Um, when it comes to free agency going forward, so you think about flexibility, the Magic definitely have done that. So next year, pretty much, I think more than half of the team uh, is set to have non-guaranteed contracts. What do you think is a long-term play here with the Magic heading to this season? from afar it seems like let's evaluate this young guys next year let's reevaluate we got cap space we can make some moves we want to do some trades do you kind of think that's the way they're going kind of evaluation for this young guys this year and then thinking long term after this offseason
1: i think so i think you kind of had the luxury i don't want to say the luxury you had the misfortune of not having markel fultz and jonathan isaac so when you were resetting you kind of knew you weren't going to have those guys. So this was a perfect opportunity to let Cole, RJ, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, let those guys play uh, and kind of work through a lot and and learn the ropes of the NBA life. And each of those guys kind of had their ups and downs, but Franz was phenomenal the entire season and Jalen dealt with injuries and kind of had some inconsistencies, but was by far our best perimeter defender the entire season. So you had guys that kind of learned on the fly. And I think that was kind of the thought last year was, okay, you're going to try to win, but, you know, how, how realistically, how many games are you going to win with that young lineup and kind of who you're putting out there? And most of your guys are hurt. You know, so now you're coming in. You're at least more healthy than you were last year. You're knock on wood going to have Markel Fultz for the entire season. He's coming into training camp. I don't, I don't think it's fair to to kind of Markel and some of those guys to go in and say, okay, we're you know we're going to play you for 15 minutes and we're going to get a big look at R.J. Hampton for 30. You know what I mean? I, I think you're going to you're going to go out there, and whoever earns the minutes and whoever deserves to play is who's going to play. And I think you're going to try to make a jump. You won 22 games last year. You know, can that thing get? Can you add? Can you add 10, 12 wins to your season just by getting Markel Fultz on there, by adding the number one pick, by having guys healthy for the entire season? Can that get you eight to 10 more wins? Now you're in the the 30s to low 30s, and and can you be four or five games from a play in? Scenario, You know, that would be huge. That would be huge for this team if they could be in that conversation going into the last month of the season. So I, I think now you're trying to see what you've got. Uh, you know, maybe still trial and error. These guys still have to learn. I, I think you got to find minutes for Bowl Bowl. you got to find out what you've got there. Um, but I think last year was big. You had to know what you had with Mo Bobby. You had to let him play, you know, and, and I think you had to let RJ play. And, and so those guys will still get some time. But I think you're going to – I think this thing is going to be – largely about who's earning the minutes and, you know, kind of who deserves to play and who gives you the chance to win.
2: Yeah. I mean, one, it makes me think of one guy that we have on our roster that we keep waiting for something to happen for a little while yet. He's still in our roster. That's Terrence Ross. At right, this point, right. it seems it can be assumed that he'll be in our roster come October. I mean, I, I love the guy. He's shown to be a great locker room presence, a guy that we've, we loved human torch who doesn't mm-hmm. like him here in Orlando Love it. So with him, do you anticipate him being more of a vet next season, kind of reduced role, or do you think he will be? You know that that sixth man, seventh man off the bench, jacking up shots and kind of leading that offense off the bench.
1: Yeah, I think you've got some things to figure out because you've also you've got sixteen guys under contract, right? So you you've got you've got the ability to make a roster move, and if you know if Terrence Ross has requested a trade or if he thinks he's going to be somewhere else, and the man and management decides to go that direction. Uh, then you have that leeway. You know, you can certainly do that. So, you know, something could still happen potentially between now and training camp or at the trade deadline or whatever. But if he's back and he's here, he's a pro, and he'll go about things the right way, and he'll help these young guys to the best of his ability. And i got to think, if it's the end of the game and I need a basket and I'm head coach Jamal Mosley and I'm now into year two, okay, yeah, sure, it'd be fun to let these young guys go out there. and Yeah, I I might want to see how Caleb Houston handles an end-of-a-game scenario. But I also might want to try to drop something for Terrence Ross. <laughs> you know, I think knowing that this guy can go out there and knock down shots, so if he's on the roster, I think it'd be hard for Coach Mosley to keep him off the floor and not use him in some capacity. So I, I think there's, there's still some things probably to be figured out and, and kind of because you've got a logjam kind of at that guard position all the way around. So and if he's here, it could be a situation same as Gary. One night Gary, one night Terrence, or it could be hey we're we're just going to give it to whoever whoever earns those spots and, and we're going to let these guys play. So I think there's a lot to figure out. I think it's a good problem uh, for coach Mosley to have, but regardless of what is decided and what his role is, Terrence will go about it the right way. He's been an absolute pro and fans should love the guy and, and they yeah. should love the human torch. He made big shots for us and he's been a big part of this organization. And as electrifying a player, as I remember having end of a game need a three, the ball's in his hands I mean it's kind of like JJ Redick and these guys, you know, Rashard Lewis, when the ball's in their hands and you need a basket, the crowd gets into it. And Terrence is one of those guys.
2: Yeah, well, once he elevates for a shot, the whole arena kind of oh, expects it to right. go in every time. So that you, right. you can again, you can uh can't have enough of watching him play here for the Magic. I mean, hopefully he'll be here opening night. We can not have enough shooters in this team right. and of right. course can be a threat from the outside. So it'll make it easier for the young guys too, you know, to, Mark Markel, to get into the lanes, Paulo as well. So let's see how that plays out. We should find out here over the next uh, two months, how that,
1: no how question. that plays out. No and, so, I, and, I, and I think, and I think whatever they decide to do, it'll be something he's comfortable with. It'll be something they're comfortable with. And, you know, and I, and I, listen, he loves it here. He loves being here. He loves the fan base. And, you know, if, if he feels he, he, it might be time to go on to to be with a the contender. Then you know, then they'll try to accommodate that the best they can. But if he says, "Hey, you know what? My family loves it here, and I'm just fine being here in town," and he may think that way too, and you know, come training camp, and and so that they, they would certainly accommodate uh, accommodate that. But I, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens here in a couple months. But we couldn't be happier if we have Terrence Ross still on the roster. No question.
2: That's right. Now, Dante, we're gonna go into our last segment here of the show. Quick game. It's gonna be basically pass or shoot. Pass if okay. you don't okay. agree. Shoot if you agree with the statement. So first one, RJ Hampton will be a part of the rotation come opening night.
1: Ooh man, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say shoot for now because I think that he's going into year three and he's gotta he's gotta have. It's a big summer for him. I don't go by summer league. He, you know, he looked very inconsistent in a couple of games in summer league. Um, but I, I, I so I think he's going to get a chance initially. But I think he's going to have to earn it. In training camp, preseason, I think he's going to have to show something. And so I think he definitely will be a part of it initially, and then it'll be up to him. Can he maintain that spot in the rotation? And that's something that that we're going to have to see. Hopefully he can.
2: Yeah, we're, we're, we're pulling for him. Again, the, the, the better yes. he, he plays, the more consistent he can be, the more of a help he is to the team overall. So we're, we're rooting for him. We're hoping to see him out there earning some minutes here um, on opening night.
1: He's a talent, he's athletic, and he he was the best three-point shooter on the team. One of the best three-point shooters. So if he spot up, catch and shoot threes, knock down free throws, defend his tail off, there'll be a spot on this rotation and many rotations for years to come.
2: That's right. Second one, Devin Kennedy will be wearing an Orlando Magic jersey. So not a Lakeland Magic, an Orlando Magic jersey come opening night.
1: Shoot. No question about it. This guy, to me, he's the best shooter on the team. He's the best shooter on the team. He's got a cheese. Got the nicest shot. A Terrence would be in that conversation as well. But I, I think Devin, you know, can he get the shot off in time? And you know, is you know, he'll struggle at times maybe to to get looks. But he's working on that. He can put the ball on the floor. He's not just a a shooter. But I think he brings a skill set that this team sorely needs. So I think his shooting ability keeps him on this roster opening night. No question.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean you, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Seth Curry. Just a yes. little glimpses of how he plays, how he composed He has so composed, such a, a well behaved kid, great locker room presence. Um, so again, I'm rooting for him. I've been a fan of him for years now. So he got to Lakeland. I'm like, let's give this kid a shot. Yes. So I'm happy to see him get to Orlando and showcase that shooting ability that he has.
1: Well, he told us a couple a couple weeks ago on draft night that he thinks within a year or two he will be the next Seth Curry. He thinks yes. he's got that in him, right? So to your point, that's who he models his game after. That's why he wears that number thirty, uh, and he thinks he shoots it just as well. And he'll add other facets to his game. He defends, you know, he, he's a he's a he's a capable defender as well. So to your point, that's a guy that he's looking up to. That's his role model, and that's how he thinks he can carve out a niche. So I, I agree with you. I see that as well.
2: Let's hope so. Again, like we said earlier in the episode, when he's shooting, if he can provide us with that, it'll make us yes. sandwich better. Correct. 31 ji so we'll we're ready for him we've been waiting for him for a while seems like he's making strides and getting better and better do you think he'll be there for for training camp and be ready to go
1: well it's tough if I have to pick I'd have to say pass just because I don't know he, he hasn't been ready for two years um so True. I think until he's actually out there I think it's hard to say yes he's definitely going to be ready come this time as you know jeff doesn't put he doesn't put timetables on it so you know, we got a better chance of, of, of getting the nuclear codes from NORAD than we do knowing <laughs> an exact day that anybody's ever going to come back from an injury. So it's hard to to know exactly that. But uh, I, I do I I hoping I am so hoping that he's going to be there ready for training camp. And if not, short, certainly right after. Um, that that's what the timetable would be, and hopefully that's what he's tracking towards. Uh, but with these injuries and the way that we don't rush guys back, as you know, we err way on the side of caution. So all for all of those reasons, I, I would think it'd be hard to be hard to know until we uh, I'll, I'll know it when we see it, and it's hard to know exactly when he's going to be back.
2: And the good thing is that he'll be an added bonus no matter why. If he comes oh, back healthy, man. you know, playing anywhere close to how he played in the bubble. He's going right. to be an added bonus to this team and make us that much better. Think about just I think when he comes him. back.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I think when he comes back, he's going to be that. I think he's going to be the Jonathan that we know and love. And maybe you know, maybe a couple of years. It's going to take a while to get his, you know, to get his, you know, knock off the rust and stuff. But I do think you know you're going to see that. So when he come, what a luxury that is when he comes back. But I think we we just we have to see it. We got to get him back out there. We got to get him right. We're not going to rush it. And, you know, now and and again, he's coming back from a couple of things now and kind of had that setback a couple of months ago um, with the leg injury on the other leg. So I I think he's got to get that right. And then he's got to get back to, you know, to still fixing that knee. And and hopefully he'll be hopefully. he'll And I hope and I hope, hope, hope. And if anyone can do it, it's him. And I hope he is ready for training camp. I think that'd be a great story.
2: Oh, yeah. We're we're hoping for the best for sure with the J.I. Next, to last one here, Paulo Banquero will will win rookie of the year this upcoming season.
1: Shoot. Why not? You got the number one pick. You got the skill set that he's got. Why not? That should be his goal. That should be his teammates goal to help him get that. I thought Franz deserves serious consideration for rookie of the year as well. Glad that he made all rookie first team. Uh, But I think he's got the skills and the tools and the, and everything that you need to be the rookie of the year. And I, and I think he can get it. I think he will get it. I'll say it right now. I think Paulo will win rookie of the year. You got to win. I think you got to win more than 22 games. We got to help his cause. And that's what I mean. Everybody's got to pitch in because I don't think they'll give it to somebody that, you know, that, that's going to be sitting there. Although Cade, I guess, did get it this year with, uh, you know, with, with 22 wins. But I, I think that would help if, if he's what well, I no, actually know with Scotty Barnes. Right. So if, if you can have like a like a year like Toronto, if you can add 10 or 12 wins to last year, kind of like what Toronto did, then I and then I think he makes a case. and I think he can win it for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, it comes down to opportunities, right? And I think the Magic will give him any shot they, get, they can to make sure the ball is right. in his hands, that he's being productive, and winning basketball games. So if that happens, I think he'll have a great shot. Uh, don't you think that's that a big
1: part of it? Sadly, don't you think? But then don't you think that's a big you got to win some more games, right?
2: You do. Yeah, I mean, and again, the way that the roster set up, all the healthy players coming back, it, this team should be, again, winning at least, at least 10 more games this upcoming season. I
1: agree, I agree. I
2: agree. All right, Dante, last one. The Magic will be featured more than twice on national televised games. So that would be ESPN, TNT, this upcoming season. What are your thoughts?
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to say pass because I don't think we're going to get the respect initially. I I think they are going to add games as the season goes. And I think there's an opportunity to get more nationally televised games as we go. But I think, you know, and I think this should be the rallying cry is to let everybody know what's happening down here in Orlando, but I think they'll probably, I think we'll get a game and I think we'll get a game because we got Paulo, but I think, you know, maybe, and maybe it's Paulo Chet, right? In some capacity, you know, maybe they, maybe they work that out. I hope you're right. I hope we get more, but we just, we haven't gotten the love on a national level for the last couple of years. And I think it's going to come and I think you got to earn it. I think you got to earn it. And I think we'll do that with our play. So I think when it's all said and done, yes, shoot for that. Uh, We will have, Two or three national games by the time the season's over, but I think when that first schedule comes out, I don't think we will. That's my guess. Yeah, that's my guess. I'm
2: hoping, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I know on the last summer league game that Apollo played, they were talking about how excited they were to come back to Orlando and see the new practice facility right. live. So they're kind of making plans about coming to Orlando. So I hope it is more that's than true. once. Uh, again, our our, our team that serves say we got great guys. I mean, Jalen sucks. You got Wagner now, Paulo. Markell. so we have kind of the marquee young guys that are developing so hopefully we get the respect that we deserve but but now, Al, now i me. will say
1: obviously obviously even if it's on national tv obviously everybody will watch on valley sports florida right that's where they would oh, for watch sure. the Listen, games. there's no there's no question about it but your point is valid the national talk the national attention that's what we're that's, right. that's what we're hoping for but but obviously you know we're, we're not going to watch those other channels here in this town right
2: there's only one way of doing it, Dante. It's only one way.
1: Yeah, that's That's, right. that's it.
2: <laughs> all,
1: right, all right, all right, all right, Dante. Appreciate it. Appreciate
2: it. To close it out with you today, just one hot take or bold prediction for this team next season.
1: We, okay, okay. So and I'm toying around with this, and it's my goal, it's my hope for this team, but I think we're going to shock some people. I don't know that we're going to have a Cleveland type turnaround, kind of like they did last year. I don't know if, if we're quite ready for that because we're young. But I think we're going to be in contention for that play-in scenario. I do. I I, I think we're going to be within an arm's reach of that for most of the season. If we can stay healthy and keep guys on the floor, get Jonathan Isaac back, have Markel healthy for an entire season, I think that team alone right there is talented enough to be in contention for that play-in scenario. And and so my take would be that we would be in it, and if we have Isaac and Markel Fultz for the entire year, I don't see why they can't be 10th. In the Eastern Conference. So that that would be, you want a hot take? That would be my hot take. We'll be in contention to possibly even make the play-in scenario. That should be their goal. No question about it. Hopefully that can happen this year.
2: So I think the key there is going to be health. If we can stay healthy, I think that's definitely a doable goal for this team this upcoming season. So we're hoping for that. We'll be praying for health for this team. We've been craving that for what? Three years now for the team to be healthy since the pandemic started. We're due. We're due that health. We're We're due due. seeing these guys together. And again, you said Emily was rocking towards the end of last season. I can't wait to see it all season long here, this upcoming season uh, starting in October. Dante, thank you so much for joining us. For those that are watching on YouTube, unfortunately, we lost Anthony halfway through. His Wi-Fi went out, so he couldn't join us back. Well, Dante, thank you so much for joining do you us. you want today. me
1: to, uh, you want to send me, the, does Anthony not pay his Wi-Fi? Do you want to send it to me? you want me to pay his internet bill or something?
2: We may have to, we may have to, Dante. Okay. I'll, I'll let you know.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Happy to help out. Happy to help you guys out anytime. <laughs> All right, All right. All right. I, Al, I appreciate you, man. The Ozone podcast, you guys do a fantastic job. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys do a terrific job following the team. We appreciate the support. It is felt. So thank you very much and keep up the great work. And it's always a pleasure. Talking to you and Anthony, okay, brother. We'll see you later.
2: Thank you so much, Dante. Thank you for listening, guys. Till next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando MagicHQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.